you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Get in here. It's Good Morning Football presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Live, as always, in New York City. It's Tuesday. We are nearing the end of month of January. Right. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager. On the phone. Jason McCourty. We were just, yeah. We're we doing on the phone. Next, we got a little bit. We'll see. We might have some news, coaching news later today, but oh, offensive coordinator stuff. We'll get to You're that. texting about coaching right now? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Working, it's working. Perfect. Are you BS? Good for you. Is it really it's about with your family I'm stuff? Not All right, good. No. He doesn't look. It, 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 he would do family text maybe like in the C block, but in the A block, if he's really looking down there, it's because it's coaching really. Yeah. Got a Tennessee that's Titans. Peter text. We got a Tennessee Titans OC job that's wide open right now, guys, and I'm on it. Okay. Now he even gave us the landing spot for what we're going to hear about later. All of a sudden, you see Pelissero and get my Ian. They're at the Senior Bowl having a drink right now. We're good. Oh, at 9:01 a.m. Bloody Marys. Get it. Fellas. Get after They're it. They're not on our deal. show this morning. Right. Go. Uh, we're going to play a little round of three and out, and we yeah. may have to change the third tee up uh, to uh, change an offensive coordinator. You never know. Let's go. The Ravens lost a tough one to the Chiefs on Sunday. Lamar Jackson, man, he did not look like himself, at least the MVP version that we saw this regular season all year long, and Baltimore needed more out of him. Their season ended before they won it. Lamar was asked if he was frustrated, naturally, after this loss. I'm not frustrated at all. Um, I'm, I'm angry about, you know, losing. Uh, we're a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been waiting all this time, all these moments for an opportunity like this, and we fail. Um, but, but I feel like our team, we're going we gonna to build. You know, this all season going to get right, um, get better, grind, and try to be in this position again, but on the other side of victory. First down. Mm. That sounds like a marital spat. I'm not frustrated. I'm angry. Sure. First down. Oof. Put three minutes on the clock with Baltimore now eliminated. Let's look at the AFC North for the 2024 season. Who should be the favorite? Is it Lamar and the Ravens, or do you think Joe Burrow coming back mm. with the Bengals, Peter, deserves a shot? I think we got a, we got a whole bunch of people coming back to the AFC North. I think Deshaun Watson's coming yeah. back to the Browns. I think Joe Burrow's coming back to the Bengals, and I think the Ravens kind of had things work out their way within the division. And if it wasn't for Joe Flacco and the amazing Mason Rudolph, this could have been a one-way train the whole way through. I'm going to give respect to Baltimore. They're young enough. They're good enough. And I think this was the first year of what could be many of that offense and defense gelling together, especially if Mike McDonald doesn't get one of these jobs in Washington and Seattle. I'm going to say Baltimore, but I don't think this is a stupid question. I I look at it, and I see that Bengals logo, and I know what Burrow is a killer. And the last time that Burrow was healthy, the last two seasons, he not only won the AFC North, that team went to the AFC Championship game. And in one of those years, he beat Mahomes in Arrowhead. So I'm not dismissing this whatsoever. I'll give the Ravens their due here. But come August and September when we're picking this, this might change. And it's so fun because when you talk about these two teams and the two quarterbacks, obviously Burrow was out this year. Last year, Ravens felt the same way because Lamar Jackson wasn't in there down the stretch for them. And it's like throughout these young careers, we've had games where – 
one of them weren't playing. So you're looking at this now with these two teams going into next year. The first thing you mentioned was you said the Browns and Deshaun Watson. I think that's a huge thing in this because you watched the Browns and what they were able to do this season without not only Deshaun Watson, but without Nick Chubb, their running back as well. And all of that happened on the fly. And they were able to turn things around and be in the playoffs. Yes, they lost to Houston, but it was a huge accomplishment for them to get there. I'm going to stick with between these two teams. I'm going to stick with Baltimore as well, I think. Lamar Jackson, probably the MVP this year. First year under offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, as bad as it was in the AFC Championship game. They had one hell of a year together. So I think year two is even better. So I'm going to say with the Baltimore Ravens. The favorite should be the Chiefs. I know they're not on that division, but like we're sitting here right now in January 30th, and it's like, division. Who I'm cares? like, who's going to win the North? Like, who cares? The, Mahomes just went to Baltimore yeah. and beat the Ravens. Like, if I'm forced to pick between one of these, I'll stick with my guns. I'll go with the Bengals because they've beaten Mahomes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The answer to every question is Mahomes right now. It's Super Bowl week. It's almost Super Bowl week. He, he, he's the, the overlord. He runs this thing. Like, yeah. we can, this is a September conversation about, ah, who do you like in the North? Who cares at this point? Like, it's, it's a Chiefs thing. The fact that Burrow has beaten him. I'm intrigued by Cleveland, too, Jason. Yeah. I really am. Pittsburgh's going to make the playoffs next year, guys. I got news for you. They will make the playoffs. It's all of them. But the favorite in this division is the favorite in every AFC division, and it's the Chiefs. That's the answer. Coming back from injury is always hard. Uh, some changes to it, like the coordinator position throughout yeah. the division, I oh, think, yeah. is interesting uh, with the Bengals having to deal with that. But then also, Peter, I'm curious, as it pertains to your texting this morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ravens, like Mike McDonald, is he going to go out and get a job somewhere? Like, or is a really good team going to have to deal with some changes at coach? Yeah, I think Washington and Seattle, I think mm-hmm. there there's two opportunities. And I think Washington would be more likely than Seattle from what I'm hearing. But mm-hmm. I, everyone assumes Ben Johnson's going to Washington. Yep. Adam Schefter said it yesterday on McAfee Show. Like, don't assume anything with Washington. It's a brand new owner and a brand new uh, general manager. And Mike McDonald has put on a quite a showcase over mm-hmm. the last few weeks for that defense. You think Ben Johnson could stay in Detroit? There's a possibility. Yeah, no chair on the left in the game. No, or he opts to stay yeah, over yeah, those yeah. two opportunities. Like, he, I don't like them. Yeah. Like, I don't like those chairs. I'm yeah. not going to say It'll be there next year also. Yeah, you're mm. right. Uh, Stock's pretty high. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty high. Uh, second down, as we just mentioned, there are two head coaching jobs still up for grabs. Commanders, Seahawks, Washington, Seattle. According to Ian Rappaport, Bill Belichick is not believed to be in the running for either of those chairs. So that begs the question, what in the hell is Bill Belichick going to be doing next season? So many options. All right. <laughs> say, all right, first thing, say Bill's like, you know what? It's been 25 years, 24 years. I, I need a break. He has grandkids. has five of them between Steve and Brian, his two sons. Maybe he just decides to hang out with the grandkids. Or maybe he was on college game day. He had the helmet on. He was mm-hmm. awesome on television. He decides to go the TV route. Maybe he comes into our breakfast table and decides to sit with us a few days during the week. And we get to hang out with Bill Belichick. Or possibly he's just so in love with coaching, he goes to the college ranks, and he's a consultant. He's just there. He's hanging out. The one thing we've talked about with Belichick is, all right, he's older. Does his way of coaching, does it still work? Do players still believe in that? Is the next generation? Maybe he goes, hangs out in the college ranks, and he hangs out with some of the young kids, which better prepares him for possibly the coaching cycle next year, Mm. and he lands a head coaching job. Those are the options. Who knows what Bill's going to do? Maybe he just sits around and he starts a podcast that he can just stay at home, hang out with the dog, and do it right from his house. Yeah, Nike. Nike, right? yeah, Nike. What was the old uh, term, later boomer? What was the whole thing? What was it? Like, there was like, later boomer. Yeah, I know what you're saying, to old people. Yeah, that's kind of oh. what it feels like the NFL said to Belichick. I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. Um, 
All right, he's, he's got to go into media. What are we talking about? Yeah. I have put together a five list, a top five list. Let's go. Top five media. Sneaky top five. Let's Belichick. go. Let's go. Sneaky top five. Let's roll it in. Number five, Mark Grillo. Are you with me? Here we go. A fishing show with Randy Moss. Ooh. I just want to see them on the open water. Randy loves fishing. So does Belichick. I would love to see these two guys fishing, it's talking Patriots. Number four. I got excited for a second. He was going to do something with Mark Grillo. I thought that was it. Grillo. <laughs> Number four. Cracking beers. A Patriots podcast with Bill Burr. Every week, Bill Burr, the pundit, who is the, one of the funniest men alive, is a diehard Patriots fan. The two of them just commiserate over Patriots' losses, and Belichick goes into it. Or they celebrate the wins, and Belichick goes into it. I'm here for it. Number three! Number three! <laughs> Coach cast. Yes. Saban and Carroll. Like, no, Pete, too? Yeah, okay. bring them in. They don't have jobs right now, and... If the Manning cast was great and we have Kevin Hart and Caitlin Clark and whoever else, I want to see these three guys talking football yeah. every single week. Can we get week. Ron Rivera on there too? Get Ron Rivera, get Coach Ron. 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 I'll Ron. get Wink Martindale yes. on that. All right. Ron. Number two. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> 80s and 9s giant stuff with Parcells, Sims, and Lawrence Taylor. You didn't just, even put yourself in the title of that piece? No. Just show me old footage of like Harry Carson and Carl Banks and Joe Morris and Dave Meggett out of the backfield. Just call it 80s and 90s giant <laughs> stuff. And it's them just talking about it. Sims talking oh about gosh. it. Taylor talking about it. And of course, Belichick. You would stalk them so hard, Peter. Oh, be a guest that. Yo, uh, at, Please. Yo, uh, if you ever need me, if I'm you available. Last the minute season collapse. I'm, yeah. in, I'm in the market. Uh, <laughs> I'll come to you. Number one. I'll come to you. <laughs> number one. Drum roll. Co-host oh, NFL Red Zone with oh, Scott Hanson. Wow. Hanson, we love you. Oh, my gosh. You're one of the greatest solo hosts in the business. You do the thing perfectly. I think even you would say you're willing to have a wingman. Now, it's still NFL Red Zone with Scott Hanson and, in smaller font, Bill Belichick. But I think I love this. I love him for eight hours every day, no days off, um, going at it, and he and Hanson together out there in the studios over there at SoFi doing the NFL Red Zone every single Sunday. I want Hanson and Belichick mm-hmm. doing the Red Zone together. You know what I love? It's seven hours, Peter, not eight hours. Sorry. It's like messing yes. up the words to let it be. Okay, it's I seven hours. I messed it up with Octobox. What do you got? What I do love about that, I remember talking to an assistant coach with the Patriots because Scott has gone into detail about his bathroom regimen of once yeah, he sure, starts, sure. there's no time. He said in staff meetings, it was unbelievable. Bill would just go and go, and he'd say, I would sit there. It's like, there's no, at some point, doesn't he have to use the bathroom? I know we all do, but uh, no one would say a word. So he's already prepared years of coaching, and he can hold it too, and he can be right there with Scott Hansen. There is nothing perfect. I want to hear more than Bill Belichick looking in the camera and saying, it's time for the witching hour. Yeah. Just in that tone of voice, because I feel like his entire coaching legacy is just putting people through the witching hour. Mm. The Bill Belichick witching hour. Where losses become wins yeah. and wins become, become losses. losses. I just, I want to go further, Peter. A podcast is a lot of work, you know, equipment and stuff. I want Belichick to just resort to doing those walking in the yeah. city videos <laughs> like here. Where you just, I mean, look. Trevor Noah's hosting the Grammy. <laughs> what are we doing? What was that monologue? All right, see you later. See you in the comments. Like, That's just it. quickly walking around. I thought you were going to roll like a Schrager video yeah, walking too. down. I jumped into the game. <laughs> I saw Everybody it. You did a Roadhouse one. I, I did a Roadhouse instant reaction. I'm seeing Simmons is doing them all the time now. Peter, thing. I feel like you helped put that on the map. Yeah. You, know, you take a walk, and you yeah. do it, and you talk. You show the city. There's a guy in a scooter that comes zooming by. So, Belichick, yeah. let's see. He'll be walking around Nantucket. A little different, but still, yeah. it's great. Yeah. I jumped levels. into it. There's levels. Rain and ankle and cobblestone. All right, third down. That was very good. Peter, that could have been the whole segment. 
segment. We can just throw some ideas. Good job. Um, third down, the Eagles ended their season in the wild card round against the Buccaneers. And since then, both their coordinators have been replaced. What are our thoughts on Philadelphia's new defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, and the expected, reported new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore-Peter? I just feel like there's so much pressure already. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's not even February, and I'm already feeling the pressure for Kellen Moore. It is such a pressure burner there in Philadelphia, and especially with that offense, with how it collapsed. Uh, I think it's a great job on paper. I do. I, I think you look at the skill position players and the offensive line, and you retain Jeff Stoutland, who's unanimously the best offensive line coach in football. So you're walking into a good situation. I also think it could be good for Kellen because there's nowhere to go but up. This thing was so off the rails at the end of the season that like, even the slightest improvement is going to be a success based on last year's outing. But gosh, I, this was like, it was like an episode of The Bachelor. They interviewed everybody for that offensive coordinator job from Kingsbury to Kellen to you name it. And they end up up going with Kellen Moore, who I think has got some historical knowledge in the NFC East, having played for Dallas all those years and coached for Dallas. But I'm already feeling pressure and like I'm like having trouble breathing just on like mm-hmm. the suffocation of that media market and the expectations from those fans. Kellen, you better come out slinging and Jalen Hurts better show improvement this year. From the player perspective, all right, now you have three years, three seasons, six different coordinators when you do offense and defense. Ooh. So the guys that went to the Super Bowl, we saw it was Shane Steichen, it was John Gannon. Since then, this will now be four new guys. And this is different because the other guys are – you're elevating guys that are within the system with uh, Brian Johnson. Now you're talking about possibly whole new systems coming in. And now for the players, you have to learn something totally different. And we sometimes underestimate the value and how important that is because teams that – you look at the Kansas City Chiefs that are in the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. If you've been in that system, you can go to George Kittle. He can tell you exactly why an offensive play is ran the way it's ran. He can say, you know what, four years ago we used to run it like this, but then in this game that happened, so now we decided to do it this way. Patrick Mahomes could install Andy Reid's offense. When you have that type of institutional knowledge, it goes a long way within games when you're making adjustments, all those different things. For the Eagles players coming off of the whole season this year, now you have to learn a whole new system and apply that with very high expectations. Is that the case, or is it, Kellen, learn whatever system we ran in the past, you have to learn it yourself? I don't know. I I think when you do that, you look at Steve Wilkes for the 49ers, he gets there, and a lot of people are trying to put blame on him why the defense hasn't performed. It's very hard as a coach for maybe you've been coaching for 30 years, calling something one way to now have to flip that over. For Matt Patricia, that's what he had to do last year from a defensive standpoint is now I'm calling a defense that isn't my own, and it didn't work, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm still not ready or willing to talk about the Eagles. I, like, we're, I'm not on speaking terms with Philadelphia right mm. now. I still don't know what the bleeping hell happened to that team. I've never seen a reigning NFC champion just completely fall apart for no reason. In the last month of the season, offense and defense, you could have had a, a Bill Walsh and Dick LeBeau, and they still wouldn't have done squat. I, I'm so mad at that team, and I'm so disappointed and frustrated with them. I'm glad they hired some very famous coordinators. I'm sure they'll do a great job. But, like, I, I think we have two teams in the NFC East I can't talk about right now, yeah. Dallas and Philly. So I'm here for Commanders and Giants talks, guys. That's oh. my personal. Benjamin St. Juice. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go. Just go ahead. Just go got on. a very honest look at what Kyle is like as, like, a parent uh. when your back's against the wall. Go You're up very, to the room. Very disappointed. And if you slam that door, you better not slam that door. I'm coming up. If you slam it, it's going to open a few seconds later. I'm going to be coming. You wake your sister and slam that door. I swear to. Okay. Oh, man. Take the door off. Then they slam the door. Say, what, Dad? My door. Take it off the hinges. Kyle wants that Benjamin St. Juice talk. Let's go. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Replay action out of the shotgun. Harrison Phillips trying to give him his fumble. first sack. Josh Metellus forced the fumble. Green Bay, three of seven on third down. Jordan Loves out of the shotgun. Loves, great drop. Fires at center of the field and intercepted. Here comes Josh Metellus. Justin steps up. He's going to run. Gets to the 40. Bumble. He's hit by Metellus. Fumble recovered by the Minnesota Vikings. We love watching him play. We love watching that defense mm. celebrate. And he's our next guest coming off a massive breakout season with the Minnesota Vikings, one of the most versatile players in the league. Minnesota knows him as Mr. Everything. Ooh. Warm welcome to the table. Vikings do it all defender Josh Metelli. Yo, Josh. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? I'm excited to be on. Big fan of the show. Have it on on the TV around the corner, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, we love that about you, Josh. Welcome to the breakfast table. Next time we have you on, we want you at this table. Um, yeah. You know, for, we'll hold you here for a couple hours, all right? That's not just a three-minute <laughs> experience. It's going to be three hours for you. Uh, Josh, you had an awesome 2023 season, and we know that because you qualified yourself to be on Peter Schrager's podcast, so that's nice. uh, valid. Oh, validating. Yeah. Uh, you played the most snaps <laughs> of any player this season in the NFL. Not only that, you played nearly every position on the defensive side of the ball. What would you accredit your ability to do this, your growth defensively, and the value you put in having such versatility on the defensive side of the field? Yeah, uh, I, I would say uh, first, uh, first of all, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my coaches and uh, my teammates, you know, uh, trusting me and uh, putting me in positions to, you know, just play football. But uh, I would say I would accredit accredited to just being a, a lover of the game, um, you know, just trying to understand the ins and outs of every position, even though I'm not part of it. Um, you know, before I uh, even played outside linebacker or whatever you want to call it, I've studied the D-line and, uh, you know, I've asked questions. I've been around in the room, you know, watch film, you know, just little things like that. At Nickel, I'm, I've, since I've been in the league, I've been studying nickel uh, since my uh, rookie year, just trying to figure out ways to get myself on the field because at the end of the day, the team always needs something. And, uh, you know, if you have a guy who can step up to the plate and deliver um, and help the team win and make plays, you know, that's that's the guy I want to be for the team. You know, the team relies on me, you know, reason why they uh, voted me captain. And, uh, you know, I take pride in being versatile and being able to play multiple positions. I absolutely love that. And Josh, I want you to talk to us a little bit about just your growth from last year to this year, because we mentioned you played the most snaps. That was over a thousand of any player. The year before, it was less than 300 snaps. So you had an amazing year and a huge improvement from one year to the next. Just talk about what went into and how you were able to have this big jump. Yeah, uh, my, I would say my, me and my wife, uh, Haley, have done just a, a great job of just visualizing. We call it manifestation. Um, you know, that that's the word everybody uses. Uh, but we just do, did a good job of visualizing this position that we're in right now. And, uh, you know, throughout the whole offseason last year, this is exactly where I wanted to be. Obviously, I uh, wanted to be playing a football game still. But individually, um, you know, I wanted to set myself up, you know, for a big year, knowing that, 
you know, before the season, this was my contract year. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to set myself up and part of that was manifesting and seeing myself in this bigger role, seeing myself playing 1200 plus snaps, seeing myself being a dominant force on the football field. Um, and that was a big part of just me being able to go out there with a calm mind and knowing that, uh, I already put in the work mentally and physically. Got to be tough, though, meanwhile, to watch your rival do so well. The Lions <laughs> get to the NFC title game. I can't understand. You you, would, you didn't seem terribly thrilled, Josh, to see this. You had a few missives. You, you shared Lions winning is killing my birthday <laughs> vibe. Come on. Um, what was that like? And then also, were you a bit thrilled and happy that they actually ended up losing the NFC title game in really, like, devastating emotional fashion? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not it's not fun watching the team that uh, beat up on you twice this year, um, you know, go through playoffs and make some noise, uh, knowing that we have to play them twice again next year. Uh, it was good to see them uh, fall short of the goal that we're all reaching for, because uh, if anybody from the North is going to win it, it should be us. That's how I think. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it definitely killed my birthday vibe seeing them win, mm. but uh, definitely made up for it this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, as, as sad as you are to see them, you have to, were you relishing in them falling apart and losing? Is that how it goes? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I think uh, just the, the nature of how it happened, I think, you know, made it uh, a little bit sweeter on my end. Uh, obviously not for them, mm-hmm. but uh, on my end it did. Yeah, uh, the stage has been set now. We've got Super 58, so it's Chiefs and the Niners. It's in Las Vegas. You played both those guys this year and you played both those offenses. From a player's perspective, San Francisco with all that motion and McCaffrey and the way they use Juszczyk and Debo and then Kansas City with Mahomes and Kelsey and all their weapons. Who is a harder team to prepare for when you're defending them? Cool. Uh, I think uh, the 49ers are a team that's really tough to prepare for because they have a, a lot of guys, you know, on each level, receivers, DBs, D-line. You can name any position group. They have a guy, you know, who does really well at that. Uh, at that position and uh, you know you only have a week to prepare in the Super Bowl you have two weeks so you know it is hard to prepare for a bunch of guys but then again you can never really pre- prepare for Patrick Mahomes uh, you know this is my first time playing him this past year and uh, you know he's he's as good as advertised as we can see and uh, you can't really prepare for something that you know he, he doesn't even know he's going to do you know he just knows he's going to go out there and find a way to help his team win and uh, you know we're, we're really just all sitting back watching him just uh, be great. And uh, I think, you know, even though the 49ers have a bunch of guys, you know, and it's hard to prepare for a bunch of guys in just a short amount of time, you know, that one guy right there, number 15 on the screen, he's hard He's hard to prepare for. Well, Josh, we appreciate the fact that once you all have the same shade of purple on, you obviously <laughs> adore your teammates because your quarterback being a Michigan State man, you must love him because he's Kirk Cousins and he's a lovable kind of guy. He recently made headlines when he made a surprise visit to Hope College, also in Michigan, to help a class receive extra credit. Did, what did you make of this story, the fact that Cousins just popping up at a small college of Minnesota? And what's it like having that guy in the locker room? Yeah, um, this is just the most Kirk thing ever. Uh, I, I see, I seen this article. I think he was uh, doing his rehab or something and walked by a couple kids. And next thing you know, he's in the classroom. But that's just Kirk for you, man. He's a, he's a great guy inside and out. And uh, I think the person he is off the field is uh, is really just, you know, intriguing. And it's just really, uh, you know, brings uh, the team together. I think uh, this past couple of years, he stepped into a, a shell where, you know, his confidence 
and his uh, energy just shines, you know, throughout uh, his play on the field and off the field. And, you know, seeing him do stuff like this in the midst of his recovery, going through uh, Achilles uh, rehab, you know, he's over here helping kids get extra credit. You know, that's that's just what you love about him, man. You know, Kirk is a great guy and uh, it shows. I love that. And you can say he's kind of one of a kind. And you're a Michigan man. You played four years under another guy that you would say is one of a kind and Jim Harbaugh. A lot of things are said. He's eccentric. He's different. Tell us, what is what is it like to play for him? Because you was there. You experienced it. Now he's the coach of the Chargers. Give us a story or whatever. What's it like playing for Jim Harbaugh? Uh, he's one of a kind. And uh, I would say he's definitely one of a kind. Uh, great football mind. Um, I think he's a great leader. Um, and being in the position that he's in, he has to be. Um, and I think that's what uh, stood out to me the most is his leadership and his his competitive nature. He loves winning, and that just bled throughout the whole team. Uh, but yeah, he's a funny guy, man. He, uh, he he does things in a certain way. Uh, you know, one one story I can't get out of my head. Uh, you know, he did a he did an amazing job just using the resources we had at Michigan every year. He uh, he advocated to the don the the guys who donated to the school to get us free trips out the country. And uh, I think it was my second year in the league. I mean, in the league in college, um, we went to uh, we went to see the Pope, and <laughs> Harbaugh literally gave the Pope some signed Jordans. And I know the Har- I know the Pope would never wear signed Jordans. But, you know, just Harbaugh being the guy he is, you know, he, he like, you know, you, you giving us this opportunity. I feel like I have to give you something. So we gave him some signed Jordans, a helmet, a bunch of stuff. You know, I just thought that was the most Harbaugh thing uh, I could talk about today. And, uh, yeah, I man, he's a great guy. You know, I'm excited to see what he does with that team over there. So, so let me just, can, let me just get that straight. Too. He didn't take Jordans to the Pope and say, Pope, can you sign these? He signed Jim Harbaugh on Jordans and gave them to yeah. the Pope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can literally <laughs> find pictures. We have, like, pictures of us giving the Pope football gear from Michigan. And uh, I don't know why we did it. I don't know if he likes football or not. You know, but, uh, you know, we did it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the conduit to God on earth. And Jordan, what kind of Jordans did he give him? What, what are we dealing with here? Was it? I think it might, it might have been ones, either ones or twelves. One of the two. I can't. I, I can't remember. It was ones or twelves. One yes. Yeah. Audience of one. Yeah. The Pope somewhere hooping at some J's. I love right. <laughs> Fadeaways. Fade Incredible. Wow. That's see. Jim Harbaugh. There was there was white smoke coming from L.A. when they had that meeting right. with Harbaugh. So. You're right, Peter. Gosh, That's you're right. right. Josh Metellus. Appreciate Awesome you, having you. Really, come on the show anytime you want. Friends come to New York, Josh. Yeah, come man. to New York. Thank you guys. Right, yeah, I plan time. on coming. Trust me. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The matchup for Super Bowl 58 is set, but since we still have some time, let's say, until the game kicks off, 
We're going to take a look back at this year's postseason so far right. with a segment that we have called Replayoff. Great. Okay, so like just walk it back a couple weeks. We're going to start off with a simple one. There were lots of game-changing moments and plays this postseason so far, but there can only be one to you that's most important. The player moment that has had the biggest impact on your postseason viewership, Peter, was? 14-7 game. Here come the Ravens. They're about to tie the game. It's about to be one of the epic AFC championship showdowns of all time. And Legereus Sneed punches the ball out of Zay Flowers' hands right at the end. I know it's a defensive play. We're in an offensive league. But, gosh, this is what the difference between champions and teams that fall just short are. And it's plays like this. On the goal line, Sneed said, that was my man. I was going to make the play. I would have to. Punches it. And we know, Kyle, you mentioned yesterday, Peanut Tillman was beaming on this one. The Peanut punch right at the goal line. One of the great defensive plays you'll see. Self-awareness. Perfect technician and clutch. I love that stuff. This one goes to Legereus Sneed, one of the great Kansas City Chiefs defenders on one of the best plays. My play of the entire playoffs thus far. Jason, would you do the peanut punch? We'll try. Yeah. Hard, hardly, ever, <laughs> hardly ever successful. Harder than it looks. When you miss, it absolutely hurts. You get a helmet instead of the ball. It is not fun. Legereus Sneed only giving up one touchdown the entire season, including the playoffs. I'm going with the game before that. I'm going with the mm. Stephon Diggs drop. They're down three points. And Josh Allen just unloads an absolute rocket down the field. And we don't typically see this from Diggs. And the ball hits him in the hands, and he's not able to hold on to it. And the reason it sticks out, because if he makes that play, and say they go down and they score a touchdown on this drive, I know everybody's saying, Buffalo possibly. Now Buffalo goes up, and now Mahomes has the ball and has to drive down. We miss out on possibly an even better finish to that game. It's always a fun one to watch, but this pass, it sticks out to me. Should have thrown it to Khalil Shakir. All right, uh, this is the one. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. This, this was a massive, massive, massive play. Understand that when they threw the deep one to Ayuk, this is still the Niners down 14. This is still like they're getting beat up, they're getting crushed. I had a Lions fan, my same Lions fan, who texted me after everything, a friend of mine, who goes, has there been a catch all year that's bounced off somebody's bleeping face and then gone into the – I'm like, I don't think so. After this, Ayuk gets the touchdown. And then remember, when the Lions get the ball back, they fumble on the first play. Yeah. If he doesn't make this play, the comeback does not happen. And, yes, there is a ladybug in the bottom of my board. And Brandon Ayuk told Aaron Andrews that a ladybug landed on his shoe before the game, so he knew he was going to have good luck. So it had nothing to do with Kindle Vildor. Kendall Vildor, mm-hmm. but it had everything to do with this little ladybug right there. That's it. Nice. Petition to, while we have the Wasp play in postseason memory, that we should call balls bouncing off of helmets and caught for completions the ladybug. Ladybug. Or is that play just called the ladybug play? Mm. Moving ladybug forward. Play. It's a reference. Right. We're going to reference it a million times. Wow. The ladybug. Well, we referenced the film Ladybugs, the That's soccer real. movie. Really? Jonathan Brandis, let's go. Rodney Dangerfield. Come on now. Jack Hay. You guys ever seen Ladybugs? You know it's a children's soccer movie. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Oh, it's great. You tried to it off like we don't know. Jason knew it. Whenever I don't she know looked, it, I look at Jason to see. Like, to confirmation. see. Like, you, Nine out of ten I, times, we yeah. know we don't Mo- know the same thing. Ladybugs. Brandis. Yeah. Jonathan Brandis, yes. Uh, Never ending story two. On a, gir- on a, on a, on a girl's no. soccer uh, team. With a wig. With a wig. Probably doesn't age great in that yeah. sense. I would say probably doesn't age appropriately in 2023, but. <laughs> Jack Kay. A lot of films don't. Yeah, no, they don't. Jack Kay was on it, though. Amazing. And Rodney Dangerfield. Sandra. Oh, okay. I got you. 1992. Cool. Um... 
Next up, there are some teams and players we wanted to get more on-field action out of before they were eliminated. Like, oh, dang it, I just wish I had seen, let's say, like a Cowboys player last longer than the wild card round. Regular season star who you think deserved just a better shot at the postseason, Peter. You mentioned Cowboys. C.D. Lamb was so good this regular season, and that game was really a blowout. It was 27-0 before it even got started. I might make the argument that C.D. Lamb's the offensive player of the year this year. The best receiver season we've ever seen from the Cowboys, which we said all season, but I got to put a big asterisk on it. Best regular season. When I was hailing him as this amazing all-time season, Kyle, time and time again, you would say, yeah, but Michael Irvin won rings those years. I know. Michael mm. Irvin did it in the playoffs. He broke all Irvin's records, and like Irvin's records were tethered to Super Bowl championships. Yeah, you think of Irvin, Definitely. he's doing those amazing plays in a Super Bowl. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb lost to the Packers. I yeah. feel like he deserved a little bit better, but that's the football gods. CeeDee Lamb, it happens. The football gods, are, it can be cruel to us. I'm going with this guy, Trent Jordan Watt, a.k.a. T.J. Watt. Mm. We didn't even get to Trent. see him in Buffalo. It would have been... T- this guy's been unbelievable. 19 sacks on the season. He's in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. It's probably between him or Miles Garrett. But he just impacts the game on every single level when it comes to defense. It would have been nice to see him in that game and then possibly even more. T.J. Watt, one of the best defensive players in our game. Would have been fantastic to watch more of him. I feel like he and Josh Allen are the same player in different positions. Like, they're so similar. That would have been really head, fun. Yeah. I, I just wanted more of this. Yeah. I wanted more Tyreek. This is... You know, you mentioned how great CD was. This guy, for weeks, we're like, could a wide receiver win MVP? And then he just gives us this amazing lightning strike through the Hawks system in Kansas City, and then the Dolphins never scored another touchdown. It's too bad, and listen, it's football. Too bad to cry about it. That season this good ends in a wild card round. Now, listen. I don't know exactly what the final Pro Bowl rosters are. You never know. Never know. Last year he was amazing in the flag game, and that's great and everything. But <laughs> I would have liked to at least see a player this good in his prime in the divisional round, but we did not. Tyreek, amazing historic season. Probably see you in Orlando. In a game played in greater than 20 degree weather, perhaps. Much that would have been great, too. Similar to, we also lost uh, Talanoa Hufunga this season. We always have fun saying his name uh, due to injury. I would have loved to see Puka Nakua more, just so we could say Puka. Nakua together at the table. Peter shouted him out. He was awesome in the playoffs, though. He was awesome, but he would have kept being awesome, I guess. It would have been fun. Finally, let's look ahead to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Which recently eliminated or retired player or coach would you want to watch this Super Bowl with, Peter? I think mine might be possible. So oh. It might actually happen? I think mine is doable if I can maybe pay for it. So I'm going to watch Super Bowl on my couch with my son, my wife. We're going to have a whole Super Bowl party, okay? I want Daniel Kilgore there. Why is that? Okay. Daniel Kilgore. Who's Daniel Kilgore? Daniel Kilgore played for the Niners for about eight years and then played for the Chiefs. Daniel Kilgore is the only non-active player who has played for both Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Cool. You talk about the Manning cast. <laughs> I want the Kilgore cast. I want Kilgore bringing out two of the greatest offensive geniuses of all time. Kilgore played for Shanahan in Shanahan's first season, that forgettable year that they brought in Brian Hoyer. Kilgore was on that offensive line. Then Kilgore goes over to the Kansas City Chiefs, plays for them during the COVID year in 2020. In between, he had some time with the Dolphins. Daniel Kilgore, I don't know what Danny Kilgore is up to right now. Went to Absolution State. He's from Tennessee. I might invite him over. I might watch him because I would love to hear his analysis, knowing behind the curtain how Kyle Shanahan operates and Andy Reid operates. The only guy who's currently not still playing 
to have played for both those head coaches. You're on Danny basis with him? I am on Danny basis. Danny I like that. This is it. The Schragers and Danny just hanging out. That's it. One hell of a Super Bowl party. I'm going to have my own party, and I'm taking three people with me. We have Tua, we have Josh, and we have Lamar. We're going to sit around. We're going to watch this game. Kyle, you said it earlier. In the AFC, the answer is just Mahomes. Us four, we're going to put our brains together, and we're going to figure out. We're going to come up with a game plan for these guys to be able to beat him. These are the guys, the quarterbacks, that he ran through to get to the Super Bowl. So us three, we're going to have a Super Bowl party. It might be a little miserable, but we're going to try our best to enjoy the game. We're coming up with a plan. That's pretty cool. Do you wear your Super Bowl ring to that party? You should. Of course. Stunt on him, Jason. <laughs> Fellas, like, this is what you're playing for. It's right there. You just have to beat him. That giant yeah. ring. Giant ring. And they're like, you're a defensive back. Yeah, you didn't do, you didn't All do right. much. It's come a long way. We've come full circle here. You know who I want to hang with? I'm just going to – I want Goff. Jared Goff. Again, I like quiet in my gatherings. like very quiet when I watch football. Jared's not going to have a ton to say, but when it's appropriate, he'll talk. Also, I, I'm just going to put my hand up. Years ago, I used to refer to Jared Goff as hummus just because that's the kind of presence he had. I would acknowledge that or apologize. I'd actually serve some real hummus. Yeah. I'd be like, you're different from that. And lastly, I would I would invite uh, Jared Goff's fiance, Kristen. She could come merely, exclusively, solely, so I could introduce her to my wife. They're both <laughs> from California. They're both uh, raven-haired, uh, fetching lasses, and I think they'd be great friends. And so I think they could be friends, and then Jared and I could be friends, and that's the end of everything. Jared Goff. And then um, we'll see where the party goes. That's it. I'd love to have him over. Treading dangerously close to the Vanna, you are the puzzle I wanted to solve territory here. My wife is in the crowd, but Vanna, you are the puzzle I wanted yeah, to solve. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Jared Goff's fiance. I just know he has one, so yes. I want to invite her just to make it. Out you know, of respect. I have, so Brooke has someone to talk to. Yes. I want to talk it. to Jared out of respect. I, I'm not familiar with her. don't know what she looks like or anything, but like, I, I think she'd be friends with, with my wife. Despite calling her a raven-haired lass from California. That's what the research you know, packet oh, said. NFL research had it phrased yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I'm not familiar with her, but okay. congratulations to that young couple. 10-4. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 